0: Good morning and welcome to episode 23 of the Enterprise Should Suck Less podcast. Um, it's Friday here in San Francisco and I'm one of your co-hosts, Amit Pandey. I've got with me on the phone my other co-host. Mike Vespina. And uh, today we're really excited to have um, Drew DeWalt from uh, Rumbix, uh, one of the companies that's uh, digitizing and mobilizing um uh, an industry that's probably one of the most important industries in the world. Um, Drew, do you want to quickly introduce uh, yourself and what Rumbix does? Yeah, yeah. No, thanks, uh,
1: Mike and Ami. Really excited to be here on a podcast with you guys this morning. Um, yeah, at, at Rumbix, we really have set out to move the needle on labor productivity when it comes to the construction industry. It's a, it's a huge industry, as you pointed out. Most people, especially when, we're, uh, when we've are when we gone around the talk to certain investors, they have no idea how big an industry it is. It's roughly a $12 trillion industry that uh, makes the global economy run in in a big way. And it's also one of the least productive industries there is out there. And so from working in the industry, Zach and I really saw a big need to try and improve that with digital tools. And that's where Rumbix came from. So we put a smartphone in the hand of every construction worker uh and and relieve their administrative burdens that they have and in doing so we provide a lot of insight visibility into best practices and how to improve labor productivity so that's what Rumbix does
0: fantastic well let's just start uh, from you know from that uh, comment about construction you know why does construction tech um, <clears throat> in general why has it you know historically sucked so much and i was going to reference the you know the 2015 mckinsey um, global case study which uh, you know which is that heat map which says that hey construction and agriculture are sort of least digitized uh, industries could you share a little bit of uh, a perspective on you know how we we got to this point are there certain um, interesting aspects of industry structure that you know caused construction to actually be so important in terms of job creation and you know, economic impact and actually impacting the lives of every one of us as, we, as consumers. But really, it sounds like this journey towards the cloud and mobile and digital technologies uh, its taken a bit longer than other industries.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is. Uh, and really, I think at the heart of it, there's, there's a lot of different drivers for sure. Uh, the fact that construction technology for the longest time has mostly been an oxymoron. Uh, when it comes to software technology, the thing that most people don't understand is from a general technology standpoint, when you're looking at hardware and you're looking at, you know, under underground, uh, magnetic image resonance and, and, uh, robots and things like that. The construction industry has actually been very tech forward. Uh, when you look at some of the projects that are built, it's absolutely amazing. The engineering feat. But really, where the construction industry and any, any, even agriculture have lagged is is really on the software side of the house, and so that's a lot of that is driven. You know, for it's it's a tough industry to get your arms around. You really have to be from the industry and have that experience to understand a lot of the nuances. And I think most uh, technologists don't have that experience, uh, or uh, when you do have that experience, you're not not necessarily a technologist. And so I think that was a big thing that we had to address early on in the history of Rumbix is make sure that we had top quality software engineers. I think we were one of the first companies to actually bring in data scientists to address construction in- issues. And then we also have in-house other construction professionals, project managers, superintendents who really bring all three of those pieces of the puzzle together to build something that when you deploy it out on a construction site, it's actually usable. And it doesn't assume a best, uh, most happy path workflow. It understands that construction is dynamic and messy and things don't necessarily go as planned from day to day and definitely not from week to week. And so I think that challenge of really delivering a software that fits within how the industry currently does business is is a lot harder than most people would give it credit for. And I think the other piece is that most construction technology software solutions in the past have been built out of huge pain points for construction companies. And some of the bigger ones that might have a budget to try to solve it with some sort of software solution, they've built it in-house. And most of the biggest construction software companies have spun out of internal sort of software skunk works in these big construction companies. And so what you get is either a tool that works very well for how your company does business uh, and doesn't translate as well to other ones, or it's just not a very great software product at the end of the day, because when you're trying to build a compelling uh, user interface and system, uh, I, I have to assume it's pretty hard to hire away top software engineering and UI UX talent from the Googles and Facebooks and Rumbixes of the world and try to get them to work for a construction company. So it, it feels like a confluence of a few different factors that have led to uh, the software problem in construction that has really existed up until I would say maybe the last five years, and we're starting to see that that tide change in a big way.
0: Got it. Oh, you know, Mike and I were just talking about um, construction uh, just prior to this call because uh, I'm in San Francisco, Mike's um, in Redwood City, uh, and uh, he's um, uh, he's busy uh, doing a bunch. The house they recently purchased there, yep. and ah. Mike will uh, let you add more more color on it. But you're you're right in the middle of it right now.
2: Yeah, I mean it's interesting because it's uh, I think there's a lot of pain points. You know, for me as a client um, of a project, you know, I want and who's very tech, you know digital savvy. Um, the guys I work with aren't at all right, and they, and they have no incentive to want to go towards technology. Um, unless it benefits them, you know, they want to get paid. They want to, they want to do a good job and, and they want to get more business. Um, and so I think the interesting thing, of I mean, if you look at most sort of enterprise um, uh, businesses, uh, it's understanding where the technology is really going to help people, help organizations. Um, and I'm sure, and this is kind of going back to the question on, on this is where you guys fit in the mix is, you guys have to convince a lot of different stakeholders that like technology is helpful. And I'm curious, like, where, where do you think you guys have found that, um, the biggest pain point in terms of, uh, what stakeholders really dying to get this, get, get technology, software technology into their space?
1: No, that's, uh, that's good. And I think it, it really varies from company to company who's dying to get this technology. And it's, it's based on pain point, past experience, all sorts of different things. Your You know, your experience with residential contractors is applicable in some ways. But, you know, at the end of the day, most people doing a project like yours don't have the experience to require uh, some of the things that would be good to have in a project like that. And so you're essentially at the mercy of your contractor. And that's why you work so hard to find somebody that hopefully you can at least trust because uh, they can take you for a ride if you're not careful. And so I think, you know, but but that's why a big reason Rumbix doesn't even focus on the residential construction space. Because if you have somebody you can trust, they can manage a project with uh, a relative level of, of um, ease. But it's really when you get to larger projects where there's Blind spots for even the best managers is where uh, a tool like Rumbix becomes even more important um, but really to your to your question about the the need to uh, talk to a bunch of different stakeholders, I think that's where we had the benefit, and I think Zach and i's military experience before founding Rumbix really informs it was realizing that those those men and women on the front lines, the Navy term is on the deck plates, but in construction, it's really boots on the ground and in the trenches. Those are the people who, if nothing gets done unless they're doing it, and right now, nothing, nobody has done anything to, to improve their life with software. If anything, most of the software systems have pushed additional administrative burden on them so that somebody in a back office can have a little snazzier report. And I think our what benefited us is realizing we have to provide value at that lowest level. So we spent a lot of time, I'm talking about years, uh, out at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. safety meetings uh, with construction crews, understanding their workday and their workflow and understanding, well, here how can we deliver value at that lower level? And then once we felt like we had a good handle on that, working our way up the value chain. And so when you use a tool like Rumbix, you have... Foreman and craft workers interacting with the mobile app on a daily basis. But then you also have that feeding into payroll systems. So your payroll admin has uh, value delivered to them. Your project manager now is feeling a lot more comfortable about a project because they no longer have the blind spots of looking over their shoulders and wondering what's going to bite them in the butt that they don't even know about. And then you have even a level above that at your home office, being able to see a dashboard, a portfolio project and know from day to day what's on track and what you might need to allocate a few more resources to. And so there's a lot of value to be delivered in that entire chain. And Rumbix really does that. And and I think until you can do that, it becomes really tough because if you can sell you know, a CIO or an IT manager on your software, once it gets deployed out in the field, you have uh, a worker out in the field who has not a whole lot of incentive to do a good job on this. And so you end up still having this great tech platform where you're trying to get some great data, but the data coming in is terrible.
2: And so addressing all those different pieces is vitally important. And so, so was your, was your beachhead, you know, similar to what we, we talk about this quite often about how the sort of consumerization of it happened so swiftly in, in a lot of enterprise firms was, you know, like the iPhone, nobody ever expected the iPhone to become like a, a phone to be used for work. Um, and then it just right. happened. Um, is that sort of the same thing that's happened in the, that is happening in the, in the, in the industry where I think you mentioned like a foreman is now, is now kind of the key person to talk to first
1: i I mean I think exactly, and that's but it is it's even it's lower in the construction industry because uh I think there's still um a, a subset of the industry that that views the craft worker who's been doing this for twenty years views them as much more of a commodity, and they're really only interested in engaging those workers from the neck down, and I think Rumbix is one of the few that is really pushing uh that paradigm to say, hey, let's engage these men and women from the knack up and have them more bought into the system. Let them understand how their work is contributing to project outcomes. And then they're going to be more bought into the system, more fulfilled in their work. And they're going to be searching for better ways to deliver your projects on time and on budget. And that productivity mindset that Rumbix enables can drive that. And so I think that consumerization, you're exactly right. But, we, you know, we have... When we talk to some some uh, some of the older generation construction and talk to them about putting a, a smartphone in uh, in the hand of every worker, they're like, "Well, my guys don't even have smartphones." And then, at time I go out on a job site and I sit in a room full of form. I say, "Hey, who has a smartphone here?" Guys are pulling out the biggest iPhone you know, six plus and sometimes they don't even have enough room on their phone to add our app on there because it's full of media and apps. I mean, these guys, these guys are really tech savvy, but a lot of people don't give them credit for that. And that's, that's one thing that we saw from being out there at the lowest
0: level, day in and day out. Yeah. I was going to say that when you, when you give that image of the, uh, big iPhone six plus with the, the rugged case, um, that's literally my phone as well, right? And and I was and I was, I was thinking about um, what you said about the um, the phone being full of apps and media, and that um, the first level of mobilization of work was um, you know there were sales folks or uh, in this case construction workers. People started using a box or Dropbox like solution just to say, well, I you know I, I have all these PDFs and such, right? What really stuck me about one big when i uh, first uh, got introduced to you guys was i looked at uh, your telematics approach and i said well so a huge part of the intelligence is that the the phone is a is a different beast than traditional computing because it's got context and you know, you can sense um where that phone is what it's doing and it sounds like a lot of the intelligence in your product is Happening when the phone is um, in the worker's pocket or their jacket as well, and so you're you're bringing this massive data approach to uh, construction, but it's not all predicated on you know the user has to take out their phone and they have to keep tapping things because you, you're just capturing a lot of other stuff, which um, which uh, you know just basic mobile apps probably wouldn't do.
1: No, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, I think we saw the key in it. Again, that's, that's part of the value delivered at the lowest level is less time spent doing your paperwork and an easier way to do it more accurately. And so I think traditional paper-based systems for what we do, at least at the, at the, at the um, base level for timekeeping and cost coding, that'll take somebody who's trying to do a good job 45 minutes to an hour a day to do that. And on Rumbix, they're doing it in five minutes. And so it allows them to really spend less time doing paperwork and more time with their crews in the field doing actual work and moving the project forward. So that's a lot of the value delivered. And you do some of that by a lot of the passive data collection. And so we have, you know, we actually, Rumbix doesn't gather a bunch of that passive metadata uh, on workers, unless we've identified a specific need of a customer and the workers themselves are bought in on that. You know, we don't want to um, we don't want to undermine the trust of the workers in that way. Yep. But what you end up doing is, when you want that simplicity on the mobile interface, it pushes a lot of the complexity onto the back end, and that's where a lot of the work has been. So that a foreman is only really seeing the three cost codes that they might be working on today, whereas other softwares that would try to do this would show you the thousand cost codes that are available for that particular project and you got to spend all your time scrolling through it. And that's just like a very simple example of how you provide that. But I think your comment on it is, is a little deeper in that that's exactly what we think of from a romic standpoint, is this, this smartphone is a hub for so much data capture. And so really Rumbix becomes that hub because we provide a compelling reason for everybody to have a smartphone in their pocket. And so you're now, you know, you're now able to put up uh, ambient environmental sensors on your job site, testing temperature, humidity, particulates, and that data, instead of having an entire separate uh, platform and database that you're trying to collect that and some safety manager is looking at that in a silo, it all becomes not only immediately available through workers' smartphones, but it's also now labeled with that worker specific data so it's not it's not saying, hey, the project site had these conditions this days. it was like these workers, these specific workers were exposed to whatever environment that was and so attaching that worker profile to a work product becomes hugely important, right you're looking at you know, leading edge companies like Caterpillar who monitor their uh, drivers and their big heavy equipment to make sure they're not fatigued, to make sure that they're running the right lines when they're compacting and things like that. But the problem is that's a system that only identifies the current driver in the cab for that vehicle. But then if that driver goes to another vehicle, you don't have that work product attached to that profile. And that becomes vitally important because Somebody who's not operating your equipment um, in the most efficient manner and being thoughtful about gas utilization and idling and braking, they're going to take those same bad practices to the next piece of equipment. And you need to know that.
0: I uh, was, uh, you know, uh, as I was going through um, your website and, you know, building upon what you just said about um, some of the 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 value that's in even uncovering these use cases and, you know, helping many companies in this industry um, walk that journey with you towards more mobile, more digitization and such. Um, w- one of the things I noticed on your site, which uh, stuck me was that you're already starting to talk about services. And um, there's something that Mike and I often talk about with uh, many of our guests in other industries that, you know that mix of platform and and solutions and services is um is is always complex and it's uh, it's a it's a point that companies often reach much later in their growth um i was going to ask you if um, some of the services that you have now that are on the website you know um is is that a layer that you immediately felt was um was uh, was valuable for your customers because, you know, you're not just deploying this, uh, this, you know, this technology, you're kind of really helping them with that before and after state mapping as well.
1: No, that's, that's a good thing to pick up there. And we feel like, you know, when you're trying to design something and bring something to an industry that people don't even really know they need right now. Right. Uh, they they've might have thought about, I might want this, but they don't really know they need it. You do have to have um, those services as almost part of an education piece. So the idea of getting daily profitability, profit loss, and being able to see taglines on all your cost codes day to day and understand how you're trending over time, uh, that nobody in the construction industry has really thought that that might be possible. So some of those services that are helping make sure that they – understand the real power of that and they can dig in and ask those questions and, and understand how does this lead me to make better decisions. And and from a design standpoint, we try to put that right right in front of their face. Right. You go to our dashboard and your, you know, top five critical path tasks are right there and you can understand the health of those right there. So you should be able to just pop it open and say, hey, my project's on, on track today. I can go about business as usual, or, whoa, I'm way behind here. That's where I need to spend my time. But to your point exactly, you're trying to um, not necessarily change behavior, but you're, you're pushing the envelope for sure. And, and people are either don't exactly know what to do with it or might be a little uncomfortable with it or, or really just want somebody who's, who's walked in their shoes before to, to walk them through, hey, how does this make me a better manager, um, a better foreman, uh, because it's that's one of the great things about this industry is because there's just a deep sense of ownership and pride of craftsmanship for, at every level um, that you really want to just empower people with uh, better analysis and really understand how they're doing and how they could be doing better and they want that and they're yearning for it to push push things forward. Uh, I think that's you know that's one of the things that. Uh, that's tough for people to get their head around is is construction workers are are really hardworking people. And because the industry is so um has so many kind of issues and bottlenecks right now because there's not a lot of visibility. Most construction workers spend about half their time on a job site standing around waiting on something. It's not because they don't want to work and they spend most of that time standing around frustrated that they don't have the drawing or the material or the approval to be able to move forward. And so when you give them the ability to, uh, unclog those bottlenecks and really start jamming and putting in a great day's work. They love it. And that's really what Rumbix is delivering.
0: It is. Uh, we you know, love hearing all the <clears throat> focus here, uh, you know, putting in on um, helping uh, all the folks on the ground with, in fact, upgrading their own uh, thinking about uh, the um, industry, their own workflows, and certainly craftsmanship. Uh, I'm glad you picked that up. Um, I, I just saw one closing um, Question as I hand it over to Mike, which is, um, you know, we hear a lot about augmented reality and other um, fancy technologies these days. What is your sense on how much of that we'll see in construction tech in the next uh, four to five years? No, it's a good question. And some we think about a lot is
1: we really want to be um, either a provider of or a filter for some of the best technology applicable to this industry. And so we've looked deeply into a lot of this stuff. Uh, actually, Rumbig started out with some some wearable technology that we kind of built ourselves. And so we we've looked into the hardware aspect of things as as well. I think what it comes down to is is again is when you have that um, on the ground knowledge and experience in the construction industry, you start to provide uh, to apply different filters to uh, to these new technologies. I think we've seen. As an example in construction, we've seen uh, a pretty wide adoption of drone technology, and I think there's some interesting use cases for drones for sure. But but quite frankly, questionable ROI at times. Um, and, and some of the like SkyCatch, um, drone measure, they're doing a great great job here, and they're giving you daily photos of your site and things like that. But it, it it's At the end of the day, it's a good overhead picture of your project, and you can get some sort of sense for project progress, especially for outdoor-type things, but there's a lot of blind spots. And then you look at Google Glass-type things for construction. It's really interesting, but at the end of the day, most construction, you don't need a wealth of information in front of your face at all times. And it can actually even become not the safest thing to have that because you're in a pretty Um, uh, dangerous work environment if you don't if you don't keep your wits about you. And so something like that it makes a whole lot of sense when you have somebody who's maybe inspecting equipment, uh, or somebody who's doing a very specific technical task. Those sorts of augmented reality experiences can make a whole lot of sense. But for the everyday worker to have that on their face doesn't make any sense. um, At least not for a while. So I think you're seeing this desire to get to some of these really high-tech solutions but just understand there's a lot of middle ground in between where you want to tailor the technology to the unique problems and i think we talk about it a lot a lot of times it feels like a lot of this is a cool technology solution looking for a problem and construction's a big industry with big dollars so let's spend some time there as opposed to really understanding what are the problems and what are the appropriate technologies to apply to provide a Got solution? It. Got
2: it. Great. Well, um, Drew, this has been really, uh, really interesting conversation. It sounds like you guys have tons of. You have a, your ceiling is 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 uh, massive, um, which is which is always interesting. Well, thank and you. Ton, tons of opportunity there, and we're excited to see how you guys uh, progress. Uh, we'll give you kind of the last um, 30 seconds here if people want to, you know, learn more about Rumbix, um, want to get in touch with with you or, or understand a little bit more about your your guys' product and service, and, um, and then we'll wrap it up.
1: Excellent. Excellent. No, thanks for the time. Gentlemen, really enjoyed the conversation. As I'm sure you've picked up, I could probably talk about this for several hours to come, but I uh, appreciate you being thoughtful of the time here. Overall, Rumbix, yeah, if anybody wants to find out more about it, uh, our revamped website has been up for a month or so now and provides a lot of good detailed information, www.rumbix.com. That's R-H-U-M-B-I-X. A lot of people ask where Rumbix came from. (laughs) And so uh, rum spelled like that, R-H-U-M-B, is actually a Navy navigational term. And so uh, Zach and I want to do something that, uh, hearken to our shared Navy heritage. But at the end of the day, it, rumbics is just rumbics. So that's that's the reason for the weird spelling. But uh, go to the website, rumbics.com. Obviously, you can email me, Drew, at rumbics.com. Or if anybody's interested in and running a construction company and buying it, there's the sales at rumbix.com as well. But there's been some interesting press coming out more recently that, that people can look into as well. e E&R just published an article. e E&R is one of the biggest construction-focused media outlets, and it was really taking a high-level view at the future of technology and construction, which is very relevant for what we're talking about today and and points out to one of the case studies that rumbics did with Skanska several months back. So a lot of stuff out there, and and I'd be interested in talking talking with anybody who uh, would like to dig in a little more.